When I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. Welcome back to Draft Vice. I know it's been a long while. I have been out scouring the world. Actually, I got a new computer. It took me some while to get get used to the little conflabities and the confligles. Uh, my name is Walter. This is Draft Vice. You can follow the podcast at Draft Vice on Twitter at Draft Vice underscore on Instagram underscore football on Instagram, and you can follow me at brojo. Death is in the end of life. Punch like a delicious drink we drink in the summer. So today, uh, we are we are coming upon free agency. Right, this is one of my favorite times of year. It's like Christmas. Uh, I've been breaking down film, watching some draft prospects, been looking at the state, been looking at some players, and today we are talking about uh, a division. We'll be doing all the divisions. By the time free agency hits, we will be done. And today's division is the NFC North. You read the title if you saw the little flickers and the flackers on the sides. Yes, we are talking about the Chicago Bears, the Detroit Lions, the uh, Green Bay Packers and the Minnesota Vikings. So, without further ado, because I know this is why you came here, you came to listen to me talk about the football. So today, Walter Rowe talking about the Bears. So let's start off with the Bears. The Bears made it to the playoffs. This was a shocker. They were the seventh seed team. They uh, they made it to the playoffs, and um, they did not play very well against the Saints. They played them uh, on Nickelodeon. That was the best part about that game is that it was on Nickelodeon. We got to hear Nate Burleson. Uh, by the way, Nate Burleson should be one of the people they should be looking at to do Monday Night Football. I'm just saying he did amazingly well. I think they should start doing more things like that, more cross-platforming. It made it fun. I would like to see like a Cinemax version where you could have strippers go ahead and uh, talk about the game, and you could have maybe like Stormy Daniels do do uh, do do Monday Night Football or just a playoff game on Cinemax. Cinemax Raw Football. Anyway, let's move beyond that. We'll talk about the Bears, not that kind of Bears, the Chicago Bears. And uh, this team was weird. Like I said, they were on the Nickelodeon. Mitch Trubisky won the MVP, the Nick VP award. Uh, Sean Payton got slimed. Uh, it might go down as Drew Brees' last win in the playoffs. Probably will because it sounds like he's retiring. But we're not talking about the Saints right now. Um, so let's talk about the Bears, right? They uh, Cap space-wise, they're tight. They're tight. We, we've been talking about the cap crunch for a bit now. Um, they're a little bit tight against the cap. Uh, as of right now, as of this recording, SpotRack, SpotTrack has them at negative two million eight hundred twenty-seven thousand dollars. A hundred thousand, uh, yeah, thousand dollars. Anyway, they have them at about almost three million dollars. How about that? We'll round up uh, for the math people on this podcast. Uh, so th- negative three million. That's not great. Now that's assuming. A $185 million cap, which might not be it. Now, there could be anywhere from, you know, we already know it's at minimum 180, probably going to be at least 181. It could get up to 185. We were hearing maybe even 187, 188 with some of the rumblings, the rumors. We know there's TV deals going on. Those are going to be very sexy. But going into this, the Chicago Bears, right, they, uh, they have a great defense, right? They drafted Jalen Johnson. He played pretty well last year. They got Eddie Jackson. He did not play as well as he usually does, but he played pretty solid. Um, they're losing uh, the, the former head coach of the Colts, uh, Chuck Pagano, as D coordinator, but they still get to keep that, that fantabulous D-line of Khalil Mack. 
Robert Quinn, Akeem Hicks, maybe. We'll talk about Akeem Hicks later. But uh, they're all getting older, man. They're getting older. They're getting up in those ages. Uh, Trubisky's a free agent. Don't think he's coming back. Uh, so they have Nick Foles as their only real option at quarterback. Uh, keep in mind, for some reason, Spotrack still has Jimmy Graham on the roster. I thought they had already released him. I thought that was the rumor anyway. Um, but Jimmy Graham will probably get released. Uh, that'll clear up about, a, I think, I believe $7 million in cap space. Uh, they already announced that Bobby Massey's options not getting uh, is getting declined. I had it in my notes that it would be about a six six point seven million dollars. I got that from Spot Track. So again, Spot Track, Spot Track, whatever you want to call it. Um, all I know is recently reported it was about five million they're saving from uh, declining his option. Bobby Massey, kind of a top thirty tackle ish, but like, so not great but not horrible, probably a serviceable guy. I know they had some injuries this year. So, I, again, the offensive line they had there, Jermaine Effetti, I think, played a little bit for them. Uh, the only guy who played really solid was Cody Whitehair, their center. Um, he's really you – know, he's the only guy who you really feel like you can't get rid of. Charles Leno, they could also clear up a little bit of space if they caught him, probably save another $6 million. C Cutting both your tackles is rough, though. Not having both your tackles back, yes, I get that they were towards the back end of uh, of the NFL as far as play goes, but they had, a you know, again, losing both guys, having to find two new starters for your offensive line is already rough. And like I said, their cap situation, yes, some of that will clear it up. That, those kind of moves will give you some cap space. But what are you getting cap space for? You don't even have a quarterback. Okay, you have Nick Foles, but does that really count? Does that really count? You saw them play with Nick Foles last year. He was not good. He has not been. He is a solid high-end backup. He can win you a couple of games when he doesn't know he has to go into the game. When he knows he has to play for more than a couple of games and not steal somebody's job, then he goes ahead and he just says, like, well, you know, I just can't, can't seem to throw the ball anywhere. I mean, I saw screen passes this year that were inaccurate. Like, come on. He is not – I, I get it. He won a Super Bowl. I, listen, Nick Foles, I, I root for him. I'm happy he won the Super Bowl. I'm happy he got paid doing these deals with the Jaguars and the Bears. He's also kind of hard to get rid of this year, so it makes it even weirder. Um, maybe they go for a guy in the draft. We'll go over our quarterback draft coverage and where I tend to land on some of these quarterbacks. It's a, I actually kind of like the class. It's a very solid class. I just think a lot of them are going to go really early. This is a, a good class, and I think a lot of the teams that are up on the top end, eh, they might actually like some of these guys too. So uh, when we look at the Chicago Bears, what do we think? What do we think of Matt Nagy, right? Matt Nagy, he's a... Uh, he, you know, he came in and had this kind of uh, fortuitous persona around him. Everybody kind of thought he would be this great offensive play caller. He was really good at scripting the first 15, the whole Andy Reid coaching tree thing. Came in, did pretty solid his first year. Kind of made Mitch Trubisky look pretty good. And Mitch Trubisky had a couple of injuries, came back, did not look so hot. I think if you watched the game film that year, even that year, it did not look really great either. I think he got, you know, it was a little bit more of the, the, the sticker shock, a good defense, being able to get a couple of points and be able to outscore some guys. The, that Bears defense is good. I don't know how much longer it's going to stay good. Like I said before, you get a lot of older guys on that roster. Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn are getting older. Um, they could, 
outside of the guys I've listed so far, let me go back to this. Yeah, like I said, uh, Jimmy Graham, Bobby Massey, Bo Buster Screen, they already released. That probably got him a little bit close to the cap. Uh, they were in the running to trade for Carson Wentz. You saw I, I did some short videos on that stuff. Um, they have Allen Robinson potentially going to become a free agent. He's going that there's rumors they might tag him. I don't think you have to have the cap space to tag somebody. That's eighteen million dollars in cap space they have to have. I don't think they have that. Even if you count all that money together, if you count the Akeem Hicks and and Akeem Hicks, they could release that would save them about ten million dollars. They probably will actually like restructure his contract because I, I think they would rather keep him than lose him. But Akeem Hicks is ten would save about ten point five million dollars. That would get them money to do something between all those moves. What are you doing with that? You don't have a quarterback. Um, they were look. They were really high in the trading for Carson Wentz market, or somewhat high. Because here's the thing: it was all rumors. We're not even sure they actually put in a real bid. We just know that the Colts eventually agreed to trading a third and a second round pick that could be turned into a first round pick if Carson Wentz essentially plays over seventy percent of snaps. We're not doing those. But again, like that was and there's a question as if that would have been a smart move by Pace and the Bears. I don't think so. Carson Wentz has worked really well when he's had things working right for him and things going around. Like, and I don't even think Carson Wentz is bad, right? Like I'm not of the opinion that he's totally broken. My opinion is how do you know how bad he is when nothing was working? It was a trash offensive line. All the receivers got hurt again. And so I don't think he would have been a bad pickup for them. But here's the problem. Chicago has the same problem. He might be an improvement on Nick Foles and Mitch Trubisky. But to what extent? Especially if you're losing Allen Robinson. So I think it's better off that they didn't get him. Allen Robinson will cost $18 million because he's on a contract already. And you have to pay a hundred. If you're doing a franchise tag, it has to be 120% of the the last contract so i think that alan robinson's probably on to another team uh i heard rumors of uh the tag and trade scenario dude i you gotta realize when you tag and trade guys hey that's not what the cat that was not what the tag was for but also they cannot sign the tag in which case you can't trade them yet so if you don't you've used the tag hey you have to allocate that cap space and you can't sign anybody else until you figure it out, it, it, you know, if your guy's getting traded or if he's going to go ahead and not sign it. And in which case, that creates a little bit of a problem for, for the Bears. Uh, defensively, like I said, the defense is set. I think this is, uh, you know, Matt, uh, I, I just don't, I, I understood uh, what the Bears were trying to do. Um, there, yeah, you know, I know Russell Wilson's been connected to them. Oh, Russell Wilson said he wants to go to the Bears if he's going to get traded. Listen, there's nothing the Bears can offer the the Seattle Seahawks that would make them want to go ahead and trade Russell Wilson, right? Their first round picks aren't that high. If they trade him, trade them Russell Wilson, they're not going to be any higher. Like this is the highest it's gotten so far. They're picking twenty. That defense is relatively good, unless you're getting players in return for that. Like what, Khalil Mack? 
And in which case, I don't know what Seattle's plan would be going forward because you don't have a first-round pick next year. So, I don't know. I, I, I feel weird with the whole Chicago Bears thing. Um, Let's talk some options, right? Options for the Bears to, I think they have really two needs here, three needs. All offensive, right? Offensive line, uh, they need tackles. Their tackles are not great. Actually, I think they also need guards. Um, they literally only had one offensive lineman who played really well where you don't need a really replacement. I said that before was Cody Whitehair. I was a little shocked that, like, I almost feel like they, they would have been better off going after guards, except, listen, it's going to be a weird year, especially when you're in this weird cap crunch. They had to get a little bit of space anyway. So with these moves that the Bears are doing or may do uh, going forward into next week, they probably need to address offensive line either here or in the draft. If they keep either, if they're keeping Leno, at least they have one part of the offensive line shored up. Um, I think the number one thing you have to talk about here is quarterbacks, right? Can they afford a new quarterback? Are they going to replace Nick Foles with somebody like Ryan Fitzpatrick, and is that going to do anything? Um, can they trade for somebody? Marcus Mariota, we found out recently, Marcus Mariota's contract makes him a really good backup because he, he makes $10 million for the year. But he has so many incentives, he, it can go up to $17 million relatively easily. If he's the, It means that trading for him as the starter might not really be great for your team. Now, you can hope that the Raiders cut him, realizing their deal kind of doesn't help them garner any assets, and they do need to clear space. Although the Raiders have been clearing tons of space. I mean, the, the funny thing with all the Raiders contracts is they were all really low guarantees and signing bonuses. Like, they're, they're like bonus structure and guarantees where they can get out of them within a year or two. Mainly because the owner does not have a lot of money. And when you do high guarantee contracts, you have to put a certain amount of money in escrow. At least when they made these contracts up. I, I'm not quite sure under the new CBA's rules if that's still the case. Um, that was actually the reason why they didn't, that was the reason why the Raiders didn't extend Khalil Mack. Going back to the Bears, though, right? Great defense. Got to figure out quarterback. Also receiver, because you're losing Allen Robinson. Now, don't get me wrong. I love Anthony Miller. Big fan of Anthony Miller. Uh, Cole Komet played pretty well this year for a rookie at tight end. Darnell Mooney has a, has some excitement to him, some speed to him. But none of those guys are true big breakers if you will the 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 hey I, I want this guy on my team kind of guy um they might look to the draft for these positions right at least two out of the three I could see them going towards the draft I could also see potential trades like I said before I could see uh, an effort to go after um Marcus Mariota Ryan Fitzpatrick if he's available he's used to playing behind a, a messy offensive line to begin with um, I, outside of that, the number one thing I can think of trade for Sam Darnold that, uh, or Case Keenum, if you're really in desperate straits and you don't like Sam Darnold, because uh, Sam Darnold's going to cost you 5 million this year. And if you give him the fifth year option, it's a $15 million cost next year. Uh, or uh, give or take, it might be a little bit more than that probably around the $18 million, uh, cost. But either way, when you split it, it, it comes out to a relatively safe number for even if they don't do the fifth-year option and they just want to see them for this year. It gives you an option at a cheap discount, and you could trade a second-round pick and try to re, you know, reaccumulate that 
through the draft. You can you can redistribute second round pick value. You could find ways of getting that back, uh, whether it's trade downs and things like that. So I I think Sam Darnold would be this would be one of the two teams that could benefit from getting Sam Darnold. Um, the other option I can see for them is Case Keenum. Uh, Fitzpatrick sounds like he wants to go to a, a team. Maybe he'll—I don't know what, how cheap he was willing to go for. Um, you still have issues as far as trying to get rid of Nick Foles because, again, as I look at this, uh, Nick Foles's contract is is heavy, right? Uh, it's ten million dollar dead cap if they cut him, so it, it, it accelerates. They're actually going to take on more cap, I believe, if they cut Nick Foles this year. So, I don't see them getting rid of Nick Foles. I have to think their their plan here is to go after... Either they're going to stick with Nick Foles and go after somebody to, to bolster up the offensive line, the receiving core. Something to, to make that team a little bit better. Um, they're, they're losing a, a couple of guys, but again, like I said before, the big one. Uh, Artie Burns didn't do anything for them. Allen Robinson's probably going to get a $20 million a year deal. And Mr. Trubisky will probably sign to be a backup somewhere, fringe starter, and somebody will, will take the flyer on him that's not the Bears. It seems like that situation's kind of flown the coop. Let's go on. Um, Draft-wise, I could see them going. Uh, just to, I, I, I'll do more in the draft. I could see them going at a tackle in the draft in the first round with a Tevin Jenkins, if that guy is there, if uh, Liam Eichenberg is there in the first round. Uh, I think I gave him to them in a mock draft. Another option I could see is Samuel Cosme that has been, has been put up a couple of times. I think that's another name that, that people tend to uh, flirt with, uh, Alex Leatherwood of Alabama. All fringe first-rounders, high second-round guys depending on where they are on your board. I have you know I don't have the big board up for you. Uh, and everybody's different. Everybody board everybody's board is different. Um receiving wise, there's a lot of intriguing names in this class as well. Um if you're looking for big guy if you're looking for a first round guy, Rashad Bateman's probably the the guy who will probably be there in their vicinity. Although we've seen guys drop. Last year we saw CD Lamb drop. So it, you know, maybe Jalen Waddle drops because of the injury concerns. Um, we saw it happen a couple of years ago with Calvin Ridley. People were like, "Oh, he's too old." Um, he, you know, his breakout age was really late. Maybe Devonta Smith doesn't garner the affection we think he's going to garner. Uh, again, Rashad Bateman out of Minnesota, Rondell Moore out of Purdue, Elijah Moore out of Ole Miss. Those are guys who I'd be intrigued by because if I'm Matt Nagy, what my plan is is get a bunch of guys who are either fast or can win uh, on the you know Rashad Bateman could probably can win on the outside. Um, I get guys who can who can win with the ball in their hands. Try to find ways of just trying to manufacture offense with these players because you're going to probably get a low end starter for this year unless you're drafting a quarterback, right? Honestly, if I'm the owner of this franchise, I don't think I want Ryan Pace to be in charge of this draft because this feels a lot like last year's draft with the Lions where uh, if you let them go ahead and have free range with this draft, you were running the risk of it not panning out in your favor. 
they could trade up and trade away assets. I'm pretty sure the, the, the owners would have to clear that, though, with them if they were to take a quarterback. There are quarterbacks in this draft. There's, you know, there's been a lot of intriguing interests in the quarterbacks in this draft, right? Uh, Trey Lance uh, might get there. Mac Jones initially probably thought to have been in that territory. Now it's starting to sound like he's going to be higher up. Not quite sure that's true. It sounds like one of those things that people say. I don't know, but we heard about Daniel Jones a couple of years ago. Nobody thought Daniel Jones at this point of the year, uh, a few years ago, was going to be you know a top seven, top six pick. So we could see it with Mac Jones. Um, Kellen Mond was a name that Chris Sims put out there. That uh, you know, I I don't hate the concept that that Kellen Mond might be a, a fringe first rounder. Uh, I, I'm curious as to what team would take him, and if you're desperate, which the Bears tend to be, he could fit very well. He's you know more athletic than Trubisky was. Um, he's got a decent arm. Showed pretty well at the Senior Bowl. If they're really lucky, Justin Fields falls, and maybe they trade up to get Justin Fields. Uh, he tends to be he's more athletic than the other. He's more athletic than Mond. I would say, well, yeah, Mon, like I said before, is pretty athletic himself. Um, accurate as hell. I, I gotta say, like, uh, Fields is really good, and uh, Trey Lance again, his athleticism is is pretty impressive. My one issue with Trey Lance is this is his offense was it it was uh, you know people complain about the Kyle Shanahan outside zone scheme kind of thing well, it's it, there's some qua questions about that either way i i if i'm them and i see those quarterbacks are in the 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 catchable range maybe i look and do it i don't think i want Ryan Pace picking my quarterback though so i think i'd rather them draft i'd rather not let Ryan Pace pick anybody cuz you're going to run the risk of destroying somebody's career relatively soon um, regardless, let's, we'll move on to the next team on this list because the Bears are in a very weird, tight situation. Not to give up on the Bears. I think the Bears are a fun team. But my question here is, is are these the guys that lead you going forward? Maybe Nagy is. I, I don't hate Nagy. Sometimes the play calls get a little vanilla, and, and he doesn't really adjust very well. Although they did adjust a little bit towards the end of the year. Oh, granted, that was probably when the play calling uh, kind of started getting distributed differently. Um, with uh, was it Zampezi and DiFilippo, or no, Bill Lazor and DiFilippo were were kind of running bits and pieces of the offense. So let's move on. The Detroit Lions, new head coach Matt Campbell, Dan Campbell. Matt Campbell's a totally different person. New head coach Dan Campbell comes in. He's got Anthony Lynn as his OC. He's got Deuce Staley to be his RB coach and his assistant head coach. Um, They trade away Matt Stafford. They get two first-round picks and a Jared Goff as a kicker. I'm not saying he's a kicker. Anyway, they're drafting seven overall. They just signed Tyrell Williams to a $6 million contract uh, because Tyrell Williams was cut. Again, another Raider that's getting cut. I'm telling you, the Raiders have been are, are up to something. They're up to some deviousness. Uh, they restructured Jamie Collins' contract to create some salary cap space. Uh, he was on the books for $9 million in total cash this upcoming season. He's going to get that, but they added some voidable years onto his contract. His cap number of $11.3 million is going to be lowered. 
Um, seven million of the that guaranteed money for twenty twenty one comes from Collins's base salary. So they're they're restructuring his contract to kind of push stuff forward. Um, because of the uh, Jared Goff trade, they're now projected to be at negative three million, four million dollars with a uh, hundred eighty five dollar one hundred eighty five million dollar cap. They've already released Desmond Trufant, so at this point, it's going to change a little bit. Um, they they're actually in trade talks with about trading Chase Daniels. I don't know for what. I don't know why everybody likes Chase Daniels. He's a quarterback. He's a backup quarterback. I'd rather have a guy that. But I think if you're trying to develop develop a young guy who's in a very specific scheme, he might be a guy that some teams look at. Uh, they can release Danny Shelton and save $4 million. It sounds like they kind of want to keep some of these guys. Uh, they did release Christian Jones. Um, they could also release Nick, Million, Nick Williams and save another $4.7 million. So right now, they're actually at $12 million. So I was that, those notes were from before they did the restructures and uh, some releases. Uh they can also release Justin Coleman and save about $5 million. Uh, Danny Shelton will save you 4 Nick Williams will save you another 4.7. Trufant did save them money. They, I know they had already released him. That's why they're up to $12 million partially as well between some of these releases like uh, uh, like Christian Jones and Jamie Collins' restructure. So now they're at $12 million. You need that kind of money to be able to draft some guys. Also, if they're looking to franchise tag Kenny Galladay, because they have three receivers leaving in free agency. Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones, and uh, and Danny Amendola. If they let Kenny Galladay leave, I, I guess they could just let him walk and see what contract he gets. There's been a lot of talk that he's going to get franchise tagged. I kind of buy that one because he's good. And to be honest, he's also relatively older. He's, insane. he's almost the same age as Allen Robinson. And to think Allen Robinson's on his third contract, pretty impressive. Uh, they could restructure some more guys. I don't know if they really are planning to do that. Uh, it sounds like they're more in trade mode. Uh, they could also, I think, cut Jesse James if they wanted to. Yeah, two, $2 million more in space if they cut Jesse James. So they got some more cap space maneuvering they can do. Let me talk about the hiring, right? I actually kind of like Dan Campbell. Some of what he says makes sense. Putting guys in the right space. He, he studied under uh, on Sean Payton. He was an interim head coach a couple of years ago. Some of the things that I am seeing with his roster management, uh, granted, you know, he's coming along with his GM, uh, whose name escapes me. God damn it. I'll get back to you. Um, he, he He's developing... I, I think I, I get... I like what he's doing, right? I said before, Anthony Lynn. I, Anthony Lynn was a solid OC. And in fact, the offense was pretty damn good in LA. Like, it's kind of weird. Like, I was one of the few people who was kind of a little... I think squeamish on uh, getting rid of Anthony Lynn. I'm just saying a little bit. Uh, but with that, I kind of like what Dan Campbell's doing with the, with the uh, the coaching hires. They're keeping the offensive line coach. They already do have a very good offensive line, or at least a very solid offensive line. Ragnall's really good. Uh, Taylor Decker has been great for them. 
I, I I'm very uh, I, I think it was I was it Tyrell Crosby. They, they drafted they drafted a, a tackle a couple years ago in the late round. I know they last year signed Halapuli Vudapada Fight Tie. He uh, he was pretty good last year. Not great, but solid. Uh, maybe <laughs> with him, it's weird because he's never really, he's been like that that like baseline guy. He's been a good backup. They signed him to a lot of money. I was kind of skeptical of that deal. Um, the new GM, Brad Holmes, been doing a lot of work, clearly, in this offseason. Again, he's very familiar with Jared Goff. Maybe I should talk a little bit about the Jared Goff trade. Two first-round picks in the future. They did not get one for this year. They got a third-rounder this year, along with Jared Goff. To trade away Matt Stafford, I think that's kind of a steal because, and I get it, some people are like, you know, some people think that it's a steal for one team, a steal for another team. I think there's times where it steals for both teams. There's sometimes where it's just good for both sides. Getting Jared Goff and two first-round picks, you may have a good quarterback on your roster now. You might be able to trade down the line anyway uh, if you could show that he can do something and then you want to draft somebody next year. You also have, like I said, two first-round picks going into the future, uh, an extra third-rounder this year. Uh, the major thing that it gets screws you over on is cap space. Um, I kind of like the Lions roster, though. Like I said, Halaputi Vite Vitae, they can't really cut him anyway. He's got a lot of guaranteed money. Justin Coleman, they could cut, but he's been very solid for them. I just think they're overpaying for a slot corner, so I'm a little shocked they are keeping him. Uh... TJ Hawkinson, this is, I think, the chance where they can get TJ Hawkinson to work for them pretty well. Uh, Decker's been good for him. Jamie Collins, I already mentioned, they they restructured his deal. I think they're going to try to find a way to get him to work for them. Uh, maybe they trade Danny Shelton if it doesn't work out or they don't think they can, they want to keep him, they want to clear some extra space. I think it depends on what they think they can get out of the guys they have on the roster. Uh, D-tackle class is not great this year. I did mention Tyrell Crosby. I just wasn't sure that was actually his name because there's also a, 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 a Max. There's a Crosby on the, the Raiders. Sometimes you get a little confused. Tyrell Crosby used to play for the the uh, Oregon Ducks. He was, uh, and, and he's actually played well when he's had to play. So I, I was a very big fan of that pick when they took him. He was a late round pick, and he's he's song, uh, he's hung on to the roster. So uh, they're losing Julian, uh, not Julian. They're losing Romeo Aquara. He's going as a free agent as well. They're losing a lot of guys. They, they drafted Julian Aquara last year. They still have Jelani, Jelani Tavai. Um, like I said, I'm not a huge uh, Danny Amendola fan, so I don't care that he's leaving. But Marvin Jones was a big player for them. Uh, they did mention DeAndre Swift being a big part of this roster, um, wanting to utilize him, you know, his ability to run routes, play in the slot. Um, Dan Campbell has spoken about putting guys in the right spot to, to utilize them. Uh, they traded for Everson Griffin last year during the season from the, the Cowboys. Really hasn't worked out at either spot. Maybe they bring him back for a cheap penny. Matt, uh, Matt Prater is walking in free agency. Uh, Deron Harmon is going to walk. I don't think they're bringing him back. Okora's probably getting a solid contract. So this sounds like one of those years where you just let everybody walk away who can walk away, and you try to recoup some money. That's why Tyrell Crosby was kind of a smart move, because uh, one year, $6 million, but it doesn't count against your comp pick formula because he was a released free agent. 
which is why they were able to sign him right now. Jared Davis is leaving, Miles Killebrew. Um, I think they're going to get some comp picks for some of these guys if they sign with the right team and sign with big enough money. I think they're that's their plan going into next year. There's a reason why Tyrell, Crosby, uh, Tyrell Williams was the guy who they signed already. I don't think they're going to be big movers in free agency. In fact, I think they're going to be trading some guys. And like I said before, Chase Daniels has already been mentioned for that. Um, Which is why, like, initially I kind of liked some guys for them, like uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. I don't think they're going to do that. I don't think they're going to sign Juju. Although I think Juju paired with Kenny Galladay would be a fun mix. I think they're going to not sign a guy in free agency. I think Juju's going to walk to somebody else, unfortunately. Um, I liked that thought early on, especially when they had Matt Stafford. Uh, now with Jared Goff, although I think that would be a good fit, I think their plan is to try to accumulate picks for next year to try and really rebuild this team and retool it. What I do think they will do in this draft coming up, I think they will trade down. I think they will try to accumulate a few more picks. I think they will try to add to the roster with some real talent. Uh, some guys who I think, you know, they're picking at seven, so if they stay at seven, maybe they take uh, Jalen Waddle, Devonta Smith, uh, Jamar Chase, if any of those guys are there. I even think Kyle Pitts is in play because you're not prevented from drafting another tight end, although I'm sure a lot of Lions fans are going to be tired of doing that. This will be the third top ten tight end where most teams don't take them in the top ten. But I think that it would make sense if you have a plan to utilize those guys. Uh, Jalen Waddle, I think, is my favorite to them. Um, if they stay at seven or they can't find a trade-down partner, which I really think they do, I think their plan is to trade down, accumulate picks, especially for next year, um, try to, to build off of people, uh, build off of the other teams that are desperate for quarterback, the Patriots, uh, the Niners, the teams that want to get up and take a quarterback in this year's draft because this is a deep draft for quarterback. Um, which means I think they're going to attack wherever they can get talent. So if they are still drafting in the top 15 and they could take one of those top three receivers, I think that is golden for them. If not, I think their plan will be to trade back, accumulate picks, um... Offensive line's not really a super big need. I think everything on defense is a super big need. The only problem is this is not a great defensive draft. It's a solid defensive draft. I wouldn't be shocked if they went Caleb Farley, Farley but I think they like uh, Amani R- Uh They also drafted Jeffrey Okuda last year, although, again, new GM, new staff. You know, they could still draft another corner in the first round. It really doesn't hurt them. I think it also depends on what their game plan is at corner and what kind of scheme and system they're looking to do. Say they you know trade down a couple of you know guys, other guys on defense they might want to look at Quiddy Pay. Um, if they trade down to like the fifteen to twenty area, I think that'd be a fine one. Uh, they could still add to the offensive line because you can never have too many good offensive linemen. But like I said before, I think it's the one position that's not a need for them. Um, pass rusher is a big one. I think if you know it depends on what their their defense is. How much they would value Aziz Ojolarie. Um, I like Aziz. I think he's actually him and Quiddy are pretty much tied for uh, first in my my favorites as far as pass rushers go. And I kind of like Aziz a little bit more in some regards because even if you run a four three, it's you can set him up in ways to win in a four three. Um, 
maybe they're willing to take a higher risk guy like a Jalen Phillips in the second round or third round. Depends. I again, he's a little bit more higher risk because of uh, some medical red flags. I think this is a team that really can, in a few years, develop into something. Dan Campbell reminds me a lot of Flores, where we'll see we'll see the beginning of next year, and if they're doing really bad initially, we'll be like, I can't believe it, they're doing so bad, and then they'll start to come along. So, let's move on to the next team. The Minnesota Vikings, right? 2021 Minnesota Vikings, they released Kyle Rudolph, freed up $5 million in cap, have uh, $4 million in dead cap. They signed Stephen Weatherly, defensive lineman, formerly of the Minnesota Vikings, but he was also on another team um, previous to this. I uh, forget who it was. Oh, uh, the Carolina Panthers he went to. So they uh, they they lose uh, – they, they cut Rudolph. It seems like it wasn't working out. He's also a little bit older. They saved $5 million. Um, They're tight against the cap as well, minus $2 million, and that's if it's at 185. That's a, that's a big deal. They can restructure some deals. Uh, Adam Thielen, they could probably restructure his deal if they really wanted to. He's got $5 million in dead cap if they release him. He's a $13 million cap hit right now. I'm not saying they, uh, they will cut him. I'm just saying they have some maneuvers with him, with his roster. Uh, with, they, they can clear up a little bit of cap space. Um, they did uh, do a little bit of a restructure of Riley Reef to create a little bit of cap room. They have uh, Michael Pierce coming back. They could release him. That's another $2 million. Um, Let's see. Anthony Barr, they could release. They'd save another $7 million. Riley Reef, they would save $13 million if they cut Riley Reef. It doesn't sound like it because they just did a restructure with him. Harrison Smith would save $10 million. Um, Shamar Stephan, uh, Jamar Stephan would save uh, $3.7 million. Michael Pierce would save another $2 million. So they're tight against the cap. I don't think they do most of those moves. So I'm not quite sure what to expect with the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, it feels like two years in a row they've been up against the cap multiple times. Uh, they did lose George pa uh, Patton, who went over to the Denver Broncos. Don't know how much he, he would have been involved in these kind of uh, – in these kind of – uh, roster construction moves. They do have a couple of free agents. The biggest named one clearly is Anthony Harris, the the safety. He did not play as well this year as he did last year. They had franchise tagged him. Uh, Todd Davis, George Iloka, everybody else is not really a big name. Uh, outside of clearly, you know, Kyle Rudolph. But again, that was a cut. So they're losing Anthony Harris. I don't think they're going to be pushed to bring him back again. Uh, Vikings are in a weird spot because I don't think they can do much in free agency. Uh, they might be, again, like I said before, they might be just more of a sit candidate and just try to draft somebody. Like I said before, I think in the draft they might go, I think they're going to go defense heavy in this draft, especially defensive line, maybe offensive line. They've been having a lot of problems in the trenches the last two years. They last year they traded for Yannick Ngakwe. They traded their second round pick and ended up trading them halfway through the season for a third round pick to the Ravens. I mean, at least you cut bait and you figure out a way to recoup some cost from it. So I don't hate that move, but it didn't. It, it was. It's one of those things where you go, "Well, what the heck happened here?" And it, it just was like it was a mess. Anyway, uh. 
I think they're one of those candidates to take Quiddy Pay, maybe a Gregory Rousseau, um, some big, strong, athletic guys. I'm not quite sure how they feel about. Um, I think I gave them Rousseau in a draft or Quiddy Pay. I'm not quite sure how they would feel about Rousseau because he did, he opted out, and his production came against a lot of not great competition. So I get why people feel a little bit questionable about him. So I, with the Minnesota Vikings, they're kind of in a weird spot. Uh, I think they'll attack through the draft, and they'll do what they did last year, and hopefully their their roster uh, survives. Um, they uh, Gary Kubiak retires. Clint Kubiak becomes their offensive coordinator, his son. So it seems like they're staying within the family tree, as it will. They're going to stick to that outside zone offense. Kirk Cousins is going to be the guy. The good news is they hit on a couple of guys last year in the draft with uh, Justin Jefferson. He ended up playing really well, better than I could have even imagined. And I I, I liked him. I did not have him as high as other people. Um, It was not out of the realm of possibility what he did this year was going to be good. But there were just things that you didn't – sometimes when you don't see it, uh, see certain things like uh, why wasn't he – being lined up outside you kind of question it sometimes um and that's just where they put them sometimes that's you know maybe the the lesson from justin jefferson is just because they're not doing it doesn't mean that that's going to be a hindrance but on the other end like or just think of where you can play them and play them well like not for nothing justin jefferson what i did see on tape from him last year was good full body extension was very good out of the slot saw a very good route runner so like again just because you didn't see him on the outside didn't mean he wasn't going to be able to win on the outside. Um, I know a lot of people made a big stink about him and Rager last year, and that's a whole Eagles thing. We'll talk about the Eagles another day. Uh, Green Bay Packers, right? Yes, they're keeping Aaron Rodgers. Yes, that was one of the few things I got right this year. I got a few things right this year. I wasn't horrible on, uh, on my calls. But Aaron Rodgers, man, I was very high on Aaron Rodgers coming into this year, which, I, listen... If you do not, like, if you think that that was a shocker, um, like, that's the thing. I think there were, there were a lot of people who were saying Aaron Rodgers was cooked, and I'm like, that's just stupid. Regardless. Second year in uh, in LeFleur's system. Uh, I've told people this before. The second year for quarterbacks in this system, they tend to shine pretty damn well. And he did it this year, and he shined like an MVP. And he did it very well. Um, they started out offseason with two releases. Christian Kirksey, Rick Wagner, guys who they signed in free agency last year who were releases of their own teams. So Rick Wagner actually played pretty solid. But, again, they have to get under the cap. Uh, they'll probably attack more offensive line in this upcoming draft. Again, this is a very good class for it. So releasable candidates. They could release Preston Smith. Uh it didn't sound like he's going to be released, though, from kind of recent reports. I, Dean Lowry is another guy. They'd save about $3 million. Preston Smith would save eight. Devontae Adams, you're not releasing Devontae Adams, but he would save you $13 million. That's never going to happen. He's more of a restructure candidate. Uh, Devin Funches. And uh, also Aaron Rodgers has, uh, could restructure and save about $9 million. They are estimated, at least as of that moment. Let me pull this up. Yeah, they're still estimated to be five million over the cap with the top fifty-one. 
So they do need to create some space, whether it's some kind of, you know, restructure. I, I, I think this is, again, another team that there's not much to say about them going into this offseason. You know, they have Aaron Jones. There's actually been rumors that they might look into franchise tagging Aaron Jones. There was a little bit of a statement about that not too long ago. Um, yes, uh, Gutekun said on Tuesday that uh, the franchise tag is an option for impending free agent Aaron Jones. Uh, they're losing Corey Lindsley. He's expected to hit the free uh, the free market. Um, I I think he's going to be a, a big candidate for uh, a contract for a, a center needy team. Uh, they got rid of uh, Mike Patton. He's no longer there. I don't think they really upgraded with Joe Barry. Uh, we'll see what he's going to be able to do as the defensive coordinator. Uh, listen, it couldn't be any worse than when you put Kevin King on an island and you could have been running a different coverage. I, I just think Patton, Patton's a little bit hard-headed. Uh, when he's good, he's very good. When he's bad, it's mm, he's not that great. So I'm not a huge fan of him overall. But regardless, uh, this is, again, another one of those teams where you go, doesn't matter what they do. They have Aaron Rodgers. They have a solid offense. I think they have to look at receiver in this draft, although we said that last year, and they said, fuck it, we don't care what you say. You want to say receiver? We're going to go ahead and draft a running back and a quarterback. But if they were smart, they would maybe attack corner. They're losing Kevin King in free agency. Uh, maybe they go after... Uh, uh, I think corner, wide receiver, uh, offensive line, defensive line, all are on the table going into this free agency. I, Outside of that, there's not a lot to really say about the Packers because it's Aaron Rodgers. I think it's the one upside about being – it's the one downside about being a Packers fan is that you really don't get to talk much in the offseason, right? Uh, if you're a Packers fan, they don't do much in the offseason. They have that like, one year where they sign Preston and Zedarius – uh, I think they might. This might be one of the few times they do actually restructure deals because it's not a thing for the Packers. It's not really been part of their team identity. But it seems like everybody this year is going to be doing option uh, avoidable options in the back of contracts to clear up some cap space, because again, caps crunching and you got to do something about it. So, anyway, dude, that was the NFC North. It felt like the other teams were a little bit, yeah, you know, like the the front. I front loaded the hard teams because those are the teams that had a lot more going on, right? Changes in defensive coordinator for, I mean, actually a lot of these teams at least had one coach change, right? Um, some rumors with the Bears, as far as uh, you know, Allen Robinson and you know their D coordinator. Uh, there was a little bit of a mention that uh, Alex Smith, the recently released Alex Smith, could land with the Bears. I don't think that's totally ridiculous. I just don't know how much money they really have. And if, you know, why why do you want to keep sticking these, like, aging vets who, again, he, he would not play great this year. Um, supposedly the Bears never really made an offer for Wentz. Just kind of, these are all kind of reports that came in with some of these teams. But yeah, uh, end of the day, I, I'm kind of excited. I, I, I think it's the Packers, and then everybody else is kind of playing catch-up right now. Uh, it doesn't matter how much the Packers need to fix things. 
these other three teams were all in very bad spaces, right? So uh, Vikings defense started coming along, uh, you know, shockingly. I think, didn't they beat the Packers at one point the second game they played? So I I think they'll attack defense in this draft. I think they'll go defensive line, which is not really the greatest move. It's not the best defensive line class. Their corners started playing pretty well towards the end of the year, especially uh, the guy, Cam Dantzler, who they drafted in the third round. He started playing up pretty well. Uh, they will get to Neil Hunter back. Uh, he might be a, like a trade candidate. Cut. You know, I don't think they're going to cut him, but I think there were some rumblings that maybe they would trade him because he's looking to get a better deal. I don't know if that's really the case. I don't know. NFC North, it's the Packers. It's the Packers, and then uh, some of these teams are just trying to wait out until Aaron Rodgers is gone. Anyway, follow the podcast at DraftVice on Twitter, at DraftVice underscore football on Instagram. You can follow me at B-R-O-J-O. Death is in the end of the laugh punch. Got a delicious drink you drink in the summer. Uh, like, follow, subscribe. Uh, we will be doing more of these. This It's going to be uh, at least the next seven days. There's going to be a whole bunch of them. I'll back to doing them weekly. Uh, I guess I have a new computer, whole new setup, um, new everything. No, not new everything. New hat, as you can see. New beard. No, it's the same beard, just kind of grown out a little bit more. But thank you. Well, when I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. I'm about to pass. I'm about to pee.